um, get a gift, but since we did not get one, let me talk. <laughs> I still gotta razzle dazzle the people. So here I am doing so. How's it going with you? Hey, Carl. It's going okay. I um I uh I have a a early call tomorrow. You know I'm on the East Coast, and uh, we have a, a um I have a meeting with our office in Doha, Qatar, Doha. So I um so I just been working on that tonight and getting ready for that. But um I did have a delicious beer um by Stone Brewery. It was um oh gosh it was something like drink by October 31st, like their Halloween mm -hmm. beer. And it was really good. I really liked it. So glad about that. Okay, cool. Nice. Carl, how, uh, how's it going over there in Houston? Hey, everybody. Things are going well. It feels good to finally you know, be open, even though we're still operating under, you know, limited hours until October 21st, but okay. it feels good to finally, finally be pushing pints and flights and, and not just, you know, having to keep, you know, talking about your store. It, it feels like now it's finally another chapter being written. So that, that, that feels good. Nice. Yeah, everybody um, within the Houston area or out and about will be having our grand opening October 21st. So you can come by prior, uh, before, you know, like my good brother Kendrick and some of the other Houstonians have. And actually, Austinites and Dallasites um, as well have stopped by, which very much appreciated. But we'll finally be in a place where we're doing more full-time operation uh, October 21st. Nice. I will definitely uh, put that out for my Houston folks um, that don't always get to come on the call, but they always ask me about uh, the happenings. So I'm almost done, y'all. Um, I think you're good because I just got some breaking news too while we were here. So let me go ahead and start. And good evening, everyone. So, all right, it is 705 on the dot here. And welcome to Being Black and Craft, where our mantra is we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer. This is Angie, the undeniable vixen. We have Kendrick in the house, uh, part of the mod squad. And um, as I said before, when people were coming into the room, um, I was kind of waiting almost to the last minute, uh, trying to get a guest, but uh, we still have stuff. Uh, as far as like 
truly uh, some this week in beer history. So we have stuff to talk about. Um, and let me uh, preface some things will be my speculations or, you know, stuff that's rattling around in my head. Don't take it as gospel. I will have, I will be reading some stuff that are, that's actual publication. Um, and then we can just go on from there. So this is going to be just, you know, your two cents or um, not necessarily rumor, but you know, just things that you may have heard around uh, instead of the water cooler, the whirlpool, things that you may have heard about around the whirlpool, things you may have heard um, getting a pint. So, uh, Ashley, are you driving? Or are you in a, in a place where you can talk? I am. I'm standing in there. Good. So, <laughs> Ashley. You don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> hey, hey, this is around the time, you know, sometimes you might be trying to go to an event or whatnot. Um, but Ashley just came back from GABF. So would you mind giving us like just a short blurb about the ins and outs and um, sights and sounds for this year? Sure, I guess. Um, I only went to the Saturday session, and that's the only session that sold out, so it was ram-packed. Um, it was wonderful to see Celeste and the rest of the National Black Brewers Association crew there that came. So we had um, Benny and Teo from Brown and Hops. We had Leo from Montclair. We had Alyssa's husband, his name escapes me right now, from Rhythm. And then Celeste was there with her brother, her nephew, her grandson. Um, so it was really well received. Um, it was interesting to see that the BA really did support them. Um, so they basically, the way that the floor of the festival itself was broken up this year, instead of being alphabetical by brewery name, it was regional and then alphabetical. Um, but the Black Brewers Association had their own section within the festival. Um, yeah, I saw that. Was people, nice. Yeah, a lot of people were very receptive to that, saying that, you know, this organization is something that's been needed for a while. Got to meet Elena's husbands. Um, got to see her little baby bump. And unfortunately, she has tested positive as of this morning. So really bummed about that for her. Um Y'all know I'm paranoid anyway. Um, but yeah, they had a panel, um, which I did not attend, but it looks like the BA is really kind of throwing their support behind MB2A so much so that they actually awarded travel grants for my understanding is every brewery that participated underneath the uh, MB2A section. Um, so that was a really big help, a really big lift and good to see that they realize that that is a barrier of entry for a lot of uh, breweries that want to participate, especially that aren't close to Denver. Um, Lifting Lucy did sponsor one um, Mexican-American female-owned brewery. And it was really interesting that the booth fees seemed pretty accessible this year, like 150. Um, so hypothetically, let's say, you know, you knew somebody else 
in the family and y'all could get together and split it. You know, $75 for booth rental is not bad at all. Um, yeah, what else, what else, what else? Lots of good events as always, tons of stuff to do. Um, Angie, I messaged you. I think you finally understood what the hell I was talking about. For anybody yeah. else that listens to My Mama Told Me, which is a podcast on black conspiracy theories, they were doing a live recording in Denver. So I got to check that out. And then we did get a chance to go to Dos Luces, which unfortunately is closing on the 30th of this month. Um, Dos Luces is a pre-colonial um, fermentation business. So they do pulque, chicha, they're naturally gluten-free um, and Latin American owned. So very sad to see them close. But yeah, um, yeah, that was GABF in a nutshell. Okay, okay. Um, oh, I'm lying. There's a brewery, uh -oh. which was not on my radar, which hopefully it's on somebody's radar in here. Um, it is a jazz, a black owned, I think, jazz influenced um, brewery that I was supposed to check out with Celeste and I didn't get a chance to. The name of it is, oh shit, where is it? Spangalang Brewery. Has anybody heard of that? Yeah, I hadn't heard of them either. So definitely somebody for us to keep on our familial radar. Okay. I saw a picture where someone had a shirt on with it. And I was wondering, like, what name, I mean, where are they from? So I appreciate that, Ashley. Yeah, like I said, they weren't on my radar. And I saw the same guy with the shirt on. And um, Celeste is like, I'm going to go check this out because there's natural synergy between their brand and hers. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and then I did meet with Mary from Whole Foods, um, who is the chief beer buyer for Whole Foods regionally. Met her team. Um, Angie, there's somebody in the Austin area that I'm going to connect you with. Um, yeah. Just so we can keep that link going. But um, yeah. it's great to see that it appears Whole Food is with the shits. Um, from a Pink Foods perspective, they were asking me for a list of every brewery or cidery that was pouring there that had membership. And so that kind of planted the seed that that's something we probably need to start tracking, whether we get that information from the National Black Brewers Association or whatever. Um, Whole Foods is very much willing to add whatever support they can, whether that's um, working on developing some kind of like boot camp or like things you should be considering if you want to pitch to a national um, retailer and things like that. So very, very excited to reconnect with the Whole Foods team. And I think that's it for real this time. Yeah. Mary's cool people. We that's where I spent half of my time at Berlin. Mary's Square. a little thug. Did she have her her teeth tattoos on when you saw her? Everything. We was at, <laughs> we were, we was in the cut drinking liquor and smoking cigars. That's why I was like, I was like oh, what is like, no coffee? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to cultivate that. Um, Y'all stay tuned for that um, with Whole Foods. And so, did that? Oh, was were there any other side missions with uh, MB2A other than at the event? Do they have any like separate shares or anything? Not that I know of, other than the panel that they had. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and then I didn't go to the award ceremony either this year. Um, right. So, but that was all published. If anybody has a BA mentor membership, um, that went out literally five minutes after the awards closed. Um, yeah. Um, I was looking around. I was trying to get uh, give Mavis. I said, "Oh, you won an award." He said, "No, I didn't." Um, I cannot get over him not being at Fast Friends. I know the other brewery it starts with an F. I said it starts with an F, and that's why I keep on confusing it. But um, but yeah, cool. Thank you so much for that, Ashley, for that rundown. And um, I guess let me go ahead and segue with the breaking news and everything. So with MB2A, so I know that I had spoken probably a couple of months ago about, hey, there's going to be a big deal going on in October. I could not even tell y'all when in October. Um, but now that things are getting, uh, you know, coming into play and you're seeing more uh, things on Instagram for people's beer and they're having a whole uh, program. Um, it is from October 10th through the well, no, October, uh, October 12th through the 15th. They're going to have bottle shares. They're going to have film. They're going to have a brunch. They're going to have all these different things. It, um, really great programming detailed uh, in Sacramento. So I just pinged um, John with, who's one of the people on the board for um, MB2A that's with Cajun Fire. It's like, hey, I can't, I can't make it, but just to let you know, um, Louisiana just, Louisiana Senate just approved October 10th to be National Black Brewers Day. So now we have California was the first, and now Louisiana is making it official uh, that uh, October 10th is going to be National Black Brewers Day. So I'm telling y'all, wherever you are on October 10th, um, I think there's more announcements and more like celebrations as far as um, getting things in writing, things, proclamations for um, being proud, being unapologetic for being a Black brewer and uh, letting the people see that our contribution in this sphere is being acknowledged it's happening so congratulations to california louisiana and we just hope that it just continues on um so that's that and i will definitely um post because he sent me the screenshot of the proclamation as well i'll um I'll put it on being black and craft as well as um, I'll throw it in the discord for y'all too. Um, one other thing that I was going to mention, um, and I was talking to Jerry about this uh, really earlier uh, today. Um, there is a an awards program that I participate in every year as a judge because they pay me and it's kind of cool and it is i'm trying to find the name of it it's like uh it's uh 
Beer, Good Honey, those people usually run it. And it'll be for anything that's beer related. It may be a publication. It may be podcasting. It may be food blogging. It's, it's the NAGBW Awards. So this, um, this go round, I was doing uh, judging for podcasting. So it got me to thinking because I was like, I was asked, I was like, Jerry, why aren't you, why aren't you casting this? Why haven't, why, why, why don't I not see your name in here? Because I'm literally listening to these people and I, I quote, one of the podcasts, I'm not name, naming any, I said, it's a complete circle jerk. They're not talking about shit. And yours is so much more engaging. Um, so I, I will definitely, I know Jerry, he said that he wasn't, he missed the deadline, but next year you need to be in, in the running. And well, that, I did. Yeah. I did enter it last year though. I did enter it last year. And um, that was my first year entering. I just wasn't able to make it this year. So I, I definitely know about the awards. So did they give you any feedback? None that I, uh, none that I received. I didn't get anything in the email, any kind of a particular thing with that. I just sent the podcast in and, and filled out the sheet, but no, I didn't get anything. Okay. Um, I don't know how they vet it, but when we get the nominate, I guess the nominator or the top three or four, sometimes it was like, I think I may had up to six that we were like looking at articles. You do have the, um, you uh, you are able to give feedback. So um, definitely do that. But it just got me to thinking that I don't see, other than like Jamal, when he did something, I don't see uh, any people of color in these different categories. And I know that we write. So I'm wondering if it's that we're not, a, everyone's not aware or they're not making the cut to be in, you know, the judging process. Um, and see, the only other person I'm thinking of is the young lady that's in Atlanta that does the share, but she's part of good. Well, no, that doesn't even matter because I was going to say she's part of good good beer honey she's one of their uh freelance journalists but it doesn't matter um but yeah i i would just keep it on your radar and if you know someone that does uh any type of travel beer related food pairing anything like that they can submit as long as they have like two or three articles that have been published they can submit that to get an award. So, and I know if they're paying me money to judge it, I'm sure there's some type of award or some some type of compensation when you win something. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dive a little bit more into it after I close it out, Ashley, and see because I don't have. E and I don't have either, you know, I don't, I haven't written anything or did anything like that. Let's see, what else did I have on my list 
of tails. Oh, one other thing we did we talked about GBAF, we talked about people's beer fast. And then in October, we have CBP that's gonna be in South Carolina. You mean December? What did I say? October. Oh Lord. I'm looking at October. I meant December. Yes. I was like, yes, in December. I'm literally looking at it. <laughs> uh yes, December um third, third, fourth, and fifth, or fourth, fifth, and sixth. It's the beginning of December in South Carolina. Um, if y'all are familiar with uh craft beer professionals, uh Usually there's an in-person uh, conference or meeting, and then they also have virtual. Or well, we're gonna be going to, um, Lifting Lucy is gonna be going to the in-person session uh, coming up in December. And stay tuned for that. I know if you go ahead and register, he was also giving like, um, you have a chance to win like a gift bag with all, all kinds of swag in it so that would be kind of cool if you got that um to that and then i also saw and this kind of goes to um oh my gosh I'm, my mind abstract there we go abstract i know is one of the partners and then segue segueing into that to back to Atlanta, Linux with high hip hop, hip hop high gravity and down home brewing, the 404 pack, they're gonna be doing something on December 2nd. Um, they're gonna have a beer and mixtape release. And Abstract is one of the sponsors um, because they've actually, the beer is using some of the, uh, some of the abstract, uh, I don't know which, which strain, but they're using that in the beer. So I talked to William, who's here with Down Home Brewing, but he's always up and down, up and down the street all over um, to ask him to bring some, because I think the only time that I really had something that was like um, the infusion, uh, let me back up, make sure everybody's on page with me. Abstract is, um, instead of using hops, they use i guess you would say it's like a a liquid it's the terpene extracts the terpene yeah it's like it's like it, it's it's very good <laughs> um it gets you high behind not really but uh it's terpene and um a little dab of goo so it's so economically and so um uh, good for the environment because you're not using all that waste with the hop and using the terpenes instead and it it has that that great benefit of being cost effective and still giving you that same flavor that same smell the whole nine yards um so they're doing it they're doing a collab down there in atlanta um i'm hoping that i'll get to talk to linux uh, maybe afterwards because I know he probably helped really produce a beer compared to William. I think 
Um, William's here in Dallas, so he kind of goes back and forth. I don't know how close he was to the actual making of the beer, but he's going to go and show, show support with his partner. So that's going on in December. And so the last kind of little bit of news that I wanted to ask y'all about is um let's see if I can read it. I was scrolling through Facebook, you know, uh, minding my business, loving Jesus like I do. Then I came upon this blurb from Aaron. Uh, and said, hey, y'all, I have the following breweries and tap room locations for sale. If interested in more information, please email me and blah, blah, blah. Whether sold, selling the full majority stake, folks, uh, Charlotte and San Antonio, one of the country's most recognizable brands for $1.9 million. And I was like, er, okay. Um, I've been seeing, you know, Marcus post things. He's been uh, asking diligently for... Um, support and uh, people to go in with trying to get, trying to accrue money to get a, a loan. You have to have money to get, to get money, which is, it seems weird because if I had the money, I wouldn't need it, but you know how banks are. What do y'all think about that as far as like, the initial kind of, uh, I guess, blurb that I saw on a um, San Antonio newspaper publication where talking to his partner, his partner uh, basically is saying, hey, I want to retire. My wife is tired of being a brewery widow. I want to enjoy the rest of my, you know, my, just chill. I just want to chill. Um, reading back on the article said that they initially were in a uh, trailer home to to start the brewery. It, they were so inspired. It was like, you know what? We're going to just kind of squash everything down and just make it work. To what Weather Shows now. Weather Shows is a household name. I think anyone in the beer community knows Weather Shows. What do y'all think as far as moving forward if Marcus, because my assumption is this is Marcus um, speaking because uh, in this, in the uh, post, because in the publication from San Antonio, and let me get the quote, this was the San uh, San Antonio report. Um, Baskerville expresses gratitude for Hulk's partnership and said making said making sure he is taken care of through the sale is a priority for him. But he's not interested in, in partnering partnering with just anyone. 
I am very much the brand. So I want to put myself in a situation where I'm happy, he said. And if it doesn't work out, I will sell my equity too and go do my own thing. So that was last week that that article came out to speed up to today where we're, we're for sale. What do y'all think? Thoughts? I mean, for me, of course, um, you know, I just want the homie to be, you know, in a place or in a situation to where he gets, you know, majority control, uh, whatever it is, whether it's through the Weather Souls brand or whether it's through something else. Um, you know, of course, I know that this has been a public situation, um, you know, and I'm sure that he probably, you know, ain't really trying to be out there in the public like that. But at the same time, I mean, it is what it is. So, um, you know, with that article, I'm sure it was just, you know, the, the Mike dude finally uh, being in a situation to where they finally put a price out there to the public instead of it being just, you know, an article saying, hey, well, you know, it's up for sale. Now there's a price that goes with that. And so, you know, uh, I mean, you know, I I don't know if I would have worded it exactly the way he did in that last article, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, he is the brand, he is the face of that. So, I mean, but at the same time, you know, with, um, you know, with that, I mean, shit, made a, made a highest bit of win or, like you said, he can go out and start his own. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll be able to keep it because I know he was talking about, you know, having his uh, relationship with uh, with the stuff going on in Charlotte. So, you know, I wish him the best and I'm going to support him. If he if he's in Texas, Africa, it don't even matter. That's the home, and so I'm going to support him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was I guess my thought was um because they are synonymous together when you think of what the shows you think of Marcus. Um yeah. I had a conversation um with someone and they really didn't know anything different. Because it's it's Marcus, it's black, it's beautiful. And okay, so if he does step away, how how does he separate it? That'd be the other. That would be a. I I can see that as being a challenge, separating the man from what it shows, because you can't take his brain as far as his thoughts and how he makes beer. That's gonna go with him, which is. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Same thing. I was thinking. I mean, because I mean, regardless to it, you can. You can, you know, sell your majority of the stake and then all of a sudden if Marcus, you know, ends up leaving, then I mean, I mean, I don't know about others, but, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be going into another membership, you know, <laughs> with the with a new brewer because, of course, you get accustomed to, you know, um, supporting a specific person. Now, unless it's, you know, it's another mm-hmm. black, you know, unless it's another black, you know, brewer, I mean, then, you know, I, I wouldn't have any, I would, you know, just remove my you know, support. I drive to San Antonio uh, <clears throat> at least once a month, and I'm two and a half hours away, all on the strength of, you know, just supporting just supporting Marcus. So, um, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, that it gets, you know, resolved and that he's able to, 
you know, do what he uh, do what he wants. Um, you know, anytime that anybody has a full majority stake in the company, um, you know, it's kind of hard to be, um, you know, fully creative, which is why he, you know, I'm sure that's why he put in there that, you know, he, it's got to be a good fit. So, um, you know, like I say, I hope, he, I hope he's able to do it. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm just going to continue to bug him and, uh, you know, keep him in good spirits. Because, like I say, I know he don't really do, um, even though he be posting like everybody, like 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 he talking about a lot of shit. But, I mean, but at the same time, I know stuff like this is that could have been private, you know, but, of course, now it's public information. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so you know, like I said, I hope I hope it gets resolved for him, so he can go on ahead and move on to the next chapter and and keep making them stops. And yeah, I I didn't even think about the membership that being in the play. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but it also made me think. Um, and we're actually going to talk about this later on uh, in Pink Boots by alternative um, alternative funding. But in general, so we have, you know, um, we have Marcus, we have Urban, um, Urban Garden, they're looking for funding. We have Smithops, we have all these different uh, breweries that are, um, that are needing to get funds to to at least open up. Like Carl has, you know, he's he's. I guess you. I guess he. I don't know if you, Carl, if you would consider yourself still like in a soft opening since you haven't full fledged, but you at least have the doors and the windows and things where people are still. It's um, still a dream. How 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 do we as consumers? figure out, okay, who do I help? Because I only have one paycheck. And there's all these different breweries that are wanting to, that are needing assistance. Um, Where do we, where do we start? How do we start? Compared to like the one, you know, one point one point six is like way over my head, but um, but that's probably still very low. Who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about uh, the minimum. Oh, when I was talking to Denise, she was talking about um, with Montclair last week. Well, week week before last, she was talking about a brewery being X amount of dollars compared to um, a place that served liquor being a lot cheaper. It was like um, low ball, at least a million, just just to say the name. Um, Carl, you had something that you wanted to to, uh, say? Being because I I want to hear I guess I would like to hear from you and Ashley because I know y'all both have um brewery Ashley has a brewery in planning you have a brewery um what have y'all done or what 
what are you thinking about doing other than I know you have your um, membership to get help from the general public? How hard has that been? I'll go. Um, my situation is very different. If I was opening up here in America, I could access all types of loans, whether it's through the SBA, microloans, microgrants, etc. But because I'm not opening here and it's not really an industry that exists in the Caribbean as yet, I have to fundraise for everything up front. There's not the option of me financing my equipment per se um yeah and one of the reasons i've been very reluctant to really lean into crowdfunding it sounds great and when it works it works but just like you said it's like trying to pick who your favorite kid is and how do you decide from a consumer standpoint the great thing about crowdfunding is you're not giving up any equity and i've been very very gun shy to part with a large amount of equity for the very reason um, that you just alluded to a little while ago. Um, but the crowdfunding, you know, it's great. You're not giving anybody anything in perpetuity. You know, you're promising things up front. It sounds great. But then again, when there are so many people competing for support um, and not saying that's a bad thing, that's really a reflection of the quote unquote systems in place. And when you look at this industry, even some of the conversations that I had over this last week at GABF, you know, a lot of people open up breweries because they've retired and they have their retirement to cash in. Or their parents are like, hey, let me go ahead and give you your inheritance right now. Um, and speaking for me personally, I refuse to ask my parents money, ask them for money to help me open this brewery because my parents have done what they needed to do for me. They've paid for three degrees. They allowed me to buy my house outright they they're done they're retired they need to chill and even with that having my house as an asset that i can leverage from finding the right opportunity to do that again there are brewers that i know that are just like well fuck it i'm gonna sell everything that i own and put it all into this brewery and god bless anybody that's willing to do that i am not one of those individuals um and people may say that that's a reflection of my commitment to getting this brewery. I just think that's realistic, you know, and I got to have somewhere to lay my hair down at the end of the day. So it's a few things. I think the biggest part of it, and that's why I'm so glad that we have this webinar coming up, Angie, is a lot of people don't know what resources are out there available to them. People aren't really leveraging grants. I think Hannah has been a great example of people who have been mm -hmm. able to get their foot in the door with one grant and that has just continued to lead to more and more blessings and i think a lot of it is information just not being shared um and also not having relationships with the powers that be for lack of a better phrase so yes you have your traditional funding but like here in vegas almost all of our breweries are getting ready to open up second locations in our brewery row because the city of Las Vegas is waiving your liquor license and then they have beautification funds available. 
Um, and it's a lot that goes into it. And like you said, you know, if you don't have money, good luck getting said money, which is ass backwards as fuck. But that's how it works here, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, you You hit the nail right on the head trying to pick your favorite child. But um, uh, Carl, I was asking, um, I, I was leading up to the question of um, alternative funding and I posed the question to the audience for consumers because there's so many uh, brews out there that are uh, looking to have a brick and mortar. But then I also posed the question to um, you and Ashley, how is it for you on your side, outside of your membership that you set up, how do you make yourself more appealing to the consumer to say, hey, I need you to give me a chance? Because I can tell you from my personal experience, um, especially me being a, a new babe to the beer community and seeing all the different ones, I was like, oh, I'm going to send them money. No, I'm going to send them money. And then um, I got enough t-shirts. I have enough glasses. And nothing's, and there's still no no building. So I'm a little bit gun shy as far as where I put, you know, help my capital. And it may not be a lot. So I'm wondering on your standpoint, what is it um, that you feel may help you draw consumers to, to help uh, keep for the culture going as far as an alternative fund? I think, honestly, as it stands for probably the vast majority of startups, and I, I believe I heard Ashley allude to this somewhat, it's legitimately a situation where if for whatever reason, if, you know, if you're able to secure an SBA loan or some type of small other business loan, or you just happen to have, you know, deep pockets, it makes it obviously a, a heck of a lot easier. But even, you know, crowdsourcing, you know, before you actually have a brick and mortar, I think is extremely tough, especially today, to try to sell that as a viable alternative. Uh, you touched on it as well, Angie, because there are a lot of places that it's like, hey, send me money, send me money. And it sounds amazing and great, but even one of the better ones I've seen that um, can't remember the brewery, but I believe they raised close to $100,000. And as someone on the other side of that, I'm sitting there with the understanding that that $100,000 is still like a, a drop in the bucket. And that makes it really, really hard um, because that might be rent for the year, but it's not going to cover your build out costs. It's not going to co cover your licensing. It's not going to cover your oops. Your contractor forgot to install such and such. So now we got to sit here, you know, for many moons. And so for us, we did it. Um, our, we did our crowd source funding once we finally had everything completely in place. And it was like, well, you know what? We do have certain plans down the line, of course, you know, for 
barrel age programs or you know sour programs, et cetera, things that'll take a little bit to get up and running as far as just the beer will have to sit. But in terms of being able to serve people, it was like, well, we just need a little bit of time to wait for some TTB to kind of finalize their processes, but we're otherwise good. We know that as soon as this happens, we can actually start the process of opening our doors and actually serving people. And so for people that aren't quite in that place, I'm sure for the consumer, it can be extremely frustrating if you are, hey, I'm trying to support you, I'm trying to support you, because sadly, you begin to realize that a lot of these places, it is a hope and a dream, and it's beautiful to support that dream, but realistically, everybody is not going to have the financial resources to make it to the finish line. And I think about the hoops and uh, alternate, you know, methods of trying to find, you know, your friends that are like, hey, man, I believe in you, or uh, relatives and say like, hey, I believe in you, you know, maybe they'll, you know, be willing to, you know, invest in your company. But in terms of, you know, telling someone like, hey, just at base level, you're going to have to come up with, you know, probably a minimum half a million dollars and probably realistically a million dollars. I completely understand that that's really difficult. And I think that the best way to try to counteract that is what a lot of people are doing now, you know, instead of trying to focus on being like, hey, I, I, I want my friends from New York and Chicago and Los Angeles. I personally think it's about trying to make yourself hyper local at the moment to where, you know, you're not just in the community, but you're trying to really become a part of the community because in the 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 month that we've been kind of operating, you know, on the weekend, you know, just to, to see the people that come in and say, hey, I've been following you guys for years. I had to make sure to come out and support, you know, that's, that's extremely humbling and it means a lot. And it's really, really good to see those people and then, to, you know, to get feedback and people are like, man, I really like this rice lager, man, I really like this wit beer or whatever it is, it helps. But I think that making those people feel a part of your community as well will kind of keep them coming back because even in those first few weekends, we, you know, we've had several people that have stopped by, you know, two or three times already. And it's like, wow, okay, <laughs> y'all really are trying to support uh, now that we are open because of course, you know, you can make all the beer in, in the world and it can be, you know, legitimately good beer, but if you can't get those people in, you know, that's also another problem. But I, I do think that if people focused more on being hyper-local, doing pop-ups, uh, anything, you know, charity events, anything that they can do to kind of get their presence loan in their local area, at least in the Houston area, we've seen an, a, a significant amount of support of people that are just like, yeah, I saw you here, or I saw you there, or you were in this article or something along those lines, and they really come out to support. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, and I don't, you know, of course, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to say that we're going to come up with the answers because I think it's such a niche thing, um, trying to get capital and, you know, going with it and having the perks that's going to uh, satisfy your consumers and also not put you back in a hole after you just acquired said capital. But anybody else? Okay. 
Okay. I think those that was my rundown for um this weekend beer history. Oh, one last thing. Um if you go to the website, uh t-shirts and hoodies are up for purchase. We're not trying to uh after I talk about money. It's so funny. Uh uh, but it's there for um for y'all to purchase. Uh, had lots of people asking us about the hoodies. I'd only made three for the mod squad. Um, ours will still be special because we have our names on it. Let y'all go out and get it on your own. But other than that, the um the uh hoodie and. The regular tea, which um, for a limited time only, will be will be up, and we'll send that order through, and we'll close close it back down again. Um, proceeds are just basically because we're a nonprofit, gonna go to uh, keeping that website up because I had to run my credit card, whoo, uh, <laughs> and uh. Get equipment because we are slowly migrating away from Clubhouse and going to a more traditional um, type of programming for podcasting. So I thank y'all for joining us, joining us on the ride. And we're going to cut out early. Kendra, do you have any, any final thoughts before we go? Nope, nope, nope. Just glad that it's hooded weather in Texas. Uh, well, at least starting to get there. I'm tired of them damn triple digits, so I'm glad to be able to pull mine out and and uh, go on ahead and show the people how, how good it is. Yes, nice and comfy. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us, for being Black and Craft, where we don't apologize. For recognizing our influence on craft beer. This is Angie, the Undeniable Vixen, and I wish y'all a wonderful week, and we'll see y'all next week. Have a good night.